Welcome to the show Travel Conversations by the Rustic Travel Podcast. This is a show where we will try to recreate those best moments we have all experienced while traveling, which is meeting new people and hearing about their stories and experiences. In each episode, we will have a guest traveler with the most interesting story and travel experience. Today's guest is Ramnath Shivasubramanian. my take is that uh, street photography you need you need a little bit of crowd right <laughs> and you need people moving around hustle bustle one of the really cool cities that i had the privilege to travel to was barcelona again a street photographer's delight i traveled elsewhere in europe london paris some of the other cities but in, in italy but somehow barcelona stays top of the list so this time we said okay let's go to banaras neither one of us were really religious uh, but of course the telling that banaras is a religious place is you know selling it short it's 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 so much more it's it's a historic place first this kolkata again why do i like that place it's it's the energy the people and it has some iconic places ramnath is a senior business intelligence and analytics professional in the bfsi sector he loves traveling especially exploring a city walking the streets and alleyways observing people and capturing the sights and sounds with his camera which is his permanent travel companion in fact he is a trained photographer having studied the art and science of photography in the us more than a decade ago and since then he has been perfecting the art traveling and shooting in different cities curating photo walks and mentoring photography students in today's episode we are going to hear from the master himself about the art of street photography and how it enriches the experience of travel i'm your host rajesh nair along with your co-host hemant soreng welcome to the show ramnath hey thanks thanks for having me ramnath uh, we would like to know as to you know uh, when did the passion for uh, photography especially you know uh, street photography develop in you you know when did you find that you know this is very very interesting again i think like many uh, many photographers it started as a kid my uncle was an avid photographer so i had access to some of these uh, cool cameras you know the old russian range finder cameras and here i think an acfa click 3 or, or one of those easy to use as well so i started playing with them quite early on but really i got into it in my college days um, where there was a you know a photography club so you would go you would shoot black and white film you would develop it yourself so it really opened up the magic of you know capturing images and then it continued thereafter and and it really uh, took another level after again you know once i started my work i had enough money to buy cameras on my own and um, i was in the us where i also found the chicago photography center and where i really studied photography for over a year and then you know uh, it it really took on a more serious level after that where i was really trying to perfect the art and craft of photography hi ramnath hemant here so hey uh, hey so where all have you traveled so far and um, i believe you travel quite a bit uh, where uh, you could you know Uh, capture uh, with your camera so which are the best places for street photography in your travels and experience so i would say the city you are in that's the best place um, so when i started off i was in chennai I and mean, i grew up in chennai 
I would go pretty much uh, every other weekend to Marina Beach. You know, and, and really, my photography didn't start as street, street photography, right? I would go there. When I was learning, I would just shoot sunrises, right? I mean, I would shoot sunrises. Then after a month, I got bored of shooting sunrises. Then I'd say, okay, oh, what else is there? And there are boats. Then I would shoot boats. Then there are fishermen. That's when I really started, oh, there's you know, shooting people and shooting them doing stuff. This is also quite interesting. And, and that's how I got into more people and street photography. Then I would go, I would shoot more and more fishermen. You know, I, I would uh, see them bringing in the catch, uh, you know, living you know, on the beach, their life, them, them building their nets, you know, or, or repairing their nets. So all of those kind of started what you call street photography, but it's, it's actually just travel photography. You're shooting what's around, what's the place, what's happening there, right? Um, and then, see, as a kid, I was not traveling as much. All my travel started after I really, you know, took a job. I was in Mumbai. Uh, for my first job, so I shot a lot there. Uh, then I had the opportunity to go to the U.S., so I traveled a lot in the U.S. And U.S., again, it's it's not really street photography, but, you know, the street there is architecture. So I lived in Chicago, which was just, the, the I think, one of the beautiful cities in terms of architecture. So you shot a lot of street in terms of buildings, in terms of, you know, what's happening on the street. In terms of just the the light, the seasons that you have, in the same city. Then from there, of course, you also traveled, started traveling to Europe. So one of the really cool cities that I had the privilege to travel to was Barcelona. Again, a street photographer's delight. I've traveled elsewhere in Europe, London, Paris, the other cities, but in Italy. But somehow Barcelona stays top of the list in terms of bodies architecture. But but then you also have people on the street that are you know adding to it. So it's it's both. But I look back to coming to India. You know, I, I came back after a few years of working in the U.S. and and the opportunities for photography here were just more immense. Um, every place you go, I, I enjoyed shooting in India much more, um, just because you could just walk and you could take different. I mean, there's architecture, of course, the old architecture, uh, the palaces, the the temples, the towers, all of those. But then the people, the markets the colors, the vibrancy, just lends itself more to street photography or, or more to my kind of photography, which where I focus on people, the colors, the shapes, the movement, all of that. So enjoyed a lot more. And my first uh, exposure to all this was when I uh, went to Rajasthan, right? And then just seeing all of that and from coming from the South, it was all totally different. So there's also this whole newness to it, right? So you, I just shot a lot. I was shooting like, 500 photos a day and, and, and kind of just shooting everything I thought was cool. Then again, uh, you have Delhi, Mumbai, all of these places offered a lot of street photography inputs and, and um, you, you ended up, you know, developing a kind of style. You, you, you then started knowing what you like. Then I think once in, in the last, uh, say, five, six years is where my top picks have now come, which is basically, I think, Banaras, Varanasi, I've been there a few times already, and Kolkata. Again, both of these are, for me, uh, uh, street photographers' delight. And, and in general, just great places to go and see and travel and just walk that city, right? You just take in those sites, even if you don't have a camera always, it's just great to go. So these, I would say, are my, again, where all I've been. Of course, there are, I've, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Cambodia, I feel Asian countries in general, also quite exciting to shoot. But given being in India, there are lots more I can do in India itself. While the conventional definition of street photography might be out there, 
And you sort of mentioned also what all typically you shoot. What is your definition of street photography or rather what you have evolved into? What are things you like now? What are the things which excite you and which you like to shoot? For me, street photography, again, by definition, it, you have different styles of street photography, right? There are people who shoot you know, just portraits. They shoot street portraits. They are great at interacting with people. They kind of go one-on-one. -on -one. They shoot square, and it's you, you get a lot of portraits. You can do portrait photography in the street. You can do architecture on the street, right? You can do markets. You can do a general sense of the place kind of street photography. For me, it's a little bit of both. I don't, I don't want to say, okay, I'm just going to do this because once I go to a place, I see what all is going on there. I'd like to capture the essence. So for me, the essence is the place, which is the buildings, the the, the walls, the temples, or the architecture, and what's the movement or the energy in the place. So there are people, if it's a marketplace, then there are people buying, selling, moving, there are truckers moving, carting stuff, capturing them is, is part of it. And of course, the people. Sometimes you connect with certain types of faces. You said, okay, this is going to be a great photograph, right? You want to take that photo and then you want to shoot that. So it's portraits. And then the best part about street photography is it's not really you know, a, a defined area. I mean, it's what you like to shoot, but it's in the street. You don't need equipment. You don't need that much of preparation in terms of, you know, carrying stuff around. You know, you don't have to, uh, you know, take on your lights and multiple sets of equipment like lenses. You can just go light, one or two lenses. And it's, it's, it's a little bit about having patience, right? For me, I feel that suits my personality. I, you know, one of, one of, I was talking to one of my friends, he says a most patient photographer is, you know, one who does wildlife because you keep waiting, keep waiting for that animal to come and give you a pose, come to the watering hole, etc. For me, you need to have patience for street photography as well because if you want to really capture the essence, the moment, what you really want, you have to wait. You go and you just start shooting, you're not going to get the best results. You, you keep waiting, you observe, You'll keep seeing the same person moving around and you'll know when that person's going to come in the right light. You know the color, everything coming together. So for me, that style evolved in terms of being patient. And I, and I usually get my best shots maybe a couple of hours into the place. That's interesting. Ramnath, uh, when you do your photography, you went to say Rajasthan or you went to Calcutta. So do you have a preconceived, you know, uh, image in your mind that, you know, when you go to Rajasthan, the streets, I would do this kind of photography or... I go to Calcutta, you know, I would be capturing people. Or is it that, you know, you learn along the way? When you go, you start, you know, observing and, and then clicking photographs. Let me add to that as well. Do you form some, some sort of an itinerary? Okay, these are the places I'll go and, you know, I'll shoot. See, just in terms of uh, if I go to a city, I will usually, I won't uh, say I just need a couple of days. I'll, I'll want four days, five days. Because again, the process is slower for me. I'd like to spend more time. So my planning before the trip is maybe 20% only. I, I just, what I do is I make sure I take the right equipment. I know, okay, I'm going to be on the street. I have a few favorite lenses. Uh, I'll decide if I want a tripod or not, all of those. But what I also do is before I travel to the place, I, I research a lot on the place. And, and I like to read books uh, on that place. And it's not just travel books, but also some fiction that's based on that uh, city to give a context when I go there, okay, what are some of the things that people have thought about this city? Then a couple of days before I Google the hell out of that city's top photographs, right? Two things. One, 
I just don't want to copy it, right? So I say, okay, these are some of the things which people have shot. These are, but it also gives me an idea of the light. Okay, what kind of light gives best photos in this? Where are the good sunset spots? Where are the good sunrise spots? Right, these are spots you, as a photographer, you are kind of, you have it in your radar. You want to know, okay, where do I shoot in the mornings? Where do I shoot in the evenings? And then, of course, uh, some key landmarks that, yes, it might be like a tourist spot, but what are the angles that you can potentially go for, which is not going to be the typical, you know, bang straight front shot. So when you look at it, you see, okay, this person is shot from the top. So that means there's an access point somewhere to the left. Maybe I should. So once you go there, you know, okay, there is a spot somewhere there. You, you want to go and try that because you want to shoot something out of the ordinary. So you, you try to look at as many photos and see what kind of gels with you and what you would want to try out. But of course, again, with the intention of only looking at time of the day, angles and everything, and then you go there, what you, once you go there and uh, what you find could be different. So this is about 20%, right? So then, then the day I land there, the first thing I do is I make sure I talk to a few people, locals, right? So I tell them, hey, you know, what are the best spots here? So typically they'll start off with, all of the top tourist spots. And I'll say, no, what's more, what's more? You have to dig in a couple of times, then they'll talk about a few other spots which people usually don't go to, but they remember a couple of photographers who went. They will then dig there and tell you, you can go here for sunrise, you can go here for sunset. You know, you talk to the local cab guy, you talk to the hotel owner, of course, and a couple of other people you meet on your first night or first uh, evening there. Then I put my plan together. And that night before I go to bed, I say, okay, what do I do tomorrow morning? What do I do tomorrow evening? Then I leave, then I still leave it loose saying, okay, the next two days, then I focus on that story or some concept that I like. A rough plan forms. I usually just plan specific for the next day, sunrise and sunset, right? Where do I need to be for the morning light? Where do I need to be for the evening light? So yeah, a lot of what I shoot happens on the spot. What I see and what I like there is what forms most of my images. But it's good to have all this context when you go and shoot because otherwise you're just going to shoot blind and you might end up at the wrong place. The light might not be great. So you have some of this base, but yeah, it's, it's what you see there, what you shoot. Now, one more thing to add is uh, it's, not, it's not bad to do a little touristy stuff on day one, right? So typically um, in Banaras, what I did is I, I had this book uh, which had basically uh, three best walks in Banaras. So I just did the walk. I did not really shoot much during that walk, but it, it gave me a hint to a, a few places that I wanted to come back in better light. So I would do the walk when the light was not great. Maybe it was midday. It was sunny. I would not really get you know great lighting then, but I would take that walk that time. So just so that I know when to come back to when, uh, where to come back to when. Or if it's, uh, you know, one of the cities, say you go to um, London, Paris, you take this hop on and hop buses, right? You, I, I don't get off anywhere. I just go the whole tour. One shot, it takes me a couple of hours, but at least I know what's where. Then I'll say, okay, I want to come back to these two spots. Then I'll decide when to come back. So Ramnath, uh, one question, since you are a business intelligence and analytics expert, you know, so dealing with numbers, right, where you connect numbers between x y and you know derive z or whatever it is right so what are the typical dots which you find when you do street photography which you need to connect it could be like my my question is like it could be people connected with some animate objects or inanimate objects or the light or you know the background i mean that's from a very layman's perspective the question you know how do i connect the dots if i want to 
and adding let's say gear to it as well oh, no so for me i, I don't know my uh, analytics number crunching life and photography life probably not as connected i i feel one is left brain right brain so i need both okay. Okay. <laughs> so when i when i'm doing when i'm doing photography i don't know if i'm maybe i mean to some extent you know the equipment whatever the calculations of uh, aperture shutter speed kya karna hai maybe i'm more faster in terms of numbers but uh, i don't really think about you know connecting dots it probably happens subconsciously but maybe uh, the other side is is better maybe in my work life being artistic and being creative helps a lot more <laughs> just in terms of you know how to tell a story so in terms of equipment right so i think hemant you were asking so street photography has always been something where it's it's not equipment heavy you you are supposed to shoot with as light as a camera whatever you have so you know iphone is a great camera what you have the camera that you have with yourself is always the best but that said slr cameras still have their own uh, you know quality the light the light that the lens brings in and and the, the resolution at which they shoot and um, how you can freeze a moment all of those obviously are much better in an slr camera and i've been shooting with slrs ever since uh, i started my interest in photography so uh, and i've always been shooting with canon again not not that because it's it's the best camera but just what i've used to and what i could afford at that time and i maintained that so what do i typically take on a shoot i have a canon body which is basically now i'm shooting with a full frame a 60 previously i used to shoot with a 70 which was not a full frame which is as good for street photography and i typically carry two lenses two maybe one more so i carry a 2470 which is an easy zoom uh, which usually stays on for most of the time on my camera and then i shoot a 7200 now it's a, it's a little dependent on my style as well okay so a lot of street photographers who shoot with a 35mm 50mm camera they don't have any zoom that's because they engage with the street right they engage with the people they mostly go and talk to the people they say hi they sh- they talk first and then shoot later for me it's the other way around i shoot first and i end up talking later or not so it depends on the situation but i don't want to be an involved photographer right i don't want to involve the subject and then shoot i want to be someone who is invisible i want to shoot them in their environment uh, without them i mean they end up noticing because of the gear but as far as possible i want to shoot from far i want to shoot unobtrusively and also see when i'm when i'm shooting i'm in the zone i don't want to pause by interacting i want to just keep moving 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 shooting what i feel and 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 when you're in the zone you, you just find so many things you want to shoot you don't want to stop so that's the style and because of that i end up shooting with these zoom lenses of course everyone's style means different cameras they want to want but uh, typically my priority like i said is 24105 it it helps me shoot wide as well as zoom in when needed or when when it's a it's a long street um, and i really want to shoot close i i put on my 7200 lens and of course a good backpack with some water because when i'm in a place and i'm shooting i typically walk 15 20 kilometers at least because it takes a lot of walking the same streets again and again before you find something you like really like so you have to move around right so i think uh, walking reminds me of the photo walks which you also curate in bangalore we're going to talk about that uh, more in a bit but uh, can we uh, talk about uh, two very interesting places which you touched upon is varanasi banaras kashi and kolkata 
you've been to those places, I, I believe, many times. Tell us your experience and how has it been different each time you've gone there or is it the same or have you explored something more? How has it changed you as well as a photographer and maybe as a traveler coming to that place again? It does change. So I'll, I'll, let's start with um, Banaras first, right? So this first time I went, it was just uh, a buddy and I saying, hey, uh, and then we had this habit of going to some place in India and meet up. So this time we said, okay, let's go to Banaras. Neither one of us were really religious, uh, but of course, the, telling that Banaras is a religious place is, you know, selling it short. It's 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 so much more. It's it's a historic place first. Yes, there is religion, uh, which is part of what it is. But I think uh, what drew me to it is, of course, a lot of photographer friends, amazing shots from there. And, and all of it were different. You know, some people would put all these soothing pictures of the Ganges. The others would put a lot of sadhu photos. Then there would be all this, the, the river and the banks and the whole landscape of that, the architecture of the temple. So a lot of different. Um, so I said, yes, this is a place I really need, do need to go. So we made a trip. It was just a four or five day trip, not too long. Actually, as the first time I went, it was probably three days. You know, and, and the first trip is usually just getting to know the place. I got some good shots, but it was more, uh, you know, understanding the place. Uh, for instance, I mean, the first time I went to Banaras, um, we booked everything online, right? So we booked a hotel next to the railway station, and we found out the railway station was one hour from the banks. So we went, made a couple of trips back and forth, and then we just ended our booking at the hotel. We said we want to cancel it. Came back to the uh, Ganges, at the banks of the Ganges, and then said, okay, what? We just walked around and said, and, and, and you know, the hotels there were not great, but we said that doesn't matter. What we need is something by the company. And we just went to the first hotel we could find. We said, do you have a room? Yes. And we just went in. And we said, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to spend any time in the room. We're going to spend time outside, right? So um, it was more a learning. So one day was you know, learning on what happened. And then, of course, the sites, it is overwhelming at first. And especially if, if you are a stickler for you know, hygiene and you know, you're, you're not going to eat that, eat this, you got to get over all of that. But despite... You know, whatever else you don't like about the place, once you go there and, and you spend a day, you will see what is, you know, it's, it's, it's intangible. The calmness that you feel, the energy that you feel at the same time. You can sense that history. Okay? You can sense that ancient presence there. And, and uh, you won't be able to describe it. You won't say, okay, yeah, it's you know, great sunrise. Uh, you know, the, the, the colors are great. Yes, all of that is there. But there is something else which, which you realize once you go there. And yes, you do a lot of the things that, that you know, everyone does there. You, you go on early morning boat rides. You look at the Aarti in the evenings. You walk from each bank to the other. Each one is a little, its own history. You listen to the, the, the people are singing, you know, uh, spontaneously. There are a lot of colorful people. I mean, in terms of sadhus, yes. In terms of the bright saris, in terms of... You know, even the dhobi uh, making all of the, you know, washing the clothes and drying them, that, all of that adds to the character. And that's just, you know, day one. You're just seeing all of that across the banks. Then once you pull in and move a little bit inside to the gullies, uh, again, you have um, the, the wrestlers there, right? They have their own story. And somehow, I don't know whether it's, it's, a, it's a general, um, a lot of photographers love it or not, but, you know, focusing on things that are, not mainstream, right? That dying trades, dying professions, dying 
uh, sports all of these obviously catch everyone's attention and including mine so the the wrestling the true indian style uh, wrestling in the mud uh, or the weavers right the, there's a whole community of weavers living there of course the what the banaras sari that you heard of probably only one person is hand painted nowadays right um, everything is industrialized and you know machinized so to see those still happening and and to follow those stories those people is something that you know really you know touches you when you go there and of course these are just a couple of trips uh, that i've been there uh, and each time and so so the first time i would just i just found that okay there's a wrestling uh, you know the, uh, the 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 school which basically um, you spotted then the next trip i went basically then i went to the person i spoke to him a lot more dakaras then the, the at the akara and then uh, the third time i went i shot a video right so it evolved but uh, the themes remained it, it built on what i found in my first trip ramnath since you met a lot of people and you've taken a lot of photographs in varanasi uh, is there uh, something you know uh, we need to be careful about like you know people are receptive when you do it or you know some people are not happy some people are overwhelming so how do you handle those kind of situations when you do street photography it's different in different countries but uh, in india i think 90% of people are okay, okay. right uh, they are more than happy to be get photographed a lot of these tourist places they end up asking you for money and my principle is i never pay so i i end up not shooting if they say okay give me money but no one's really maybe maybe there's one out of 10 people who would say i don't want my picture taken you respect that you honor that and you move on because again there's a lot more to shoot and and uh, you don't have to be hung up about that particular shot and and it's generally safe okay so as long as you're careful about your valuables it's, it's generally safe no one's really going to come and you know going to get mugged as much as you know some of the other places outside that you hear about yes uh, you need to be careful in some sensitive areas in india sometimes you know they say you don't shoot at you know whatever bridges you don't shoot at places that are sensitive in nature i think now uh, things are changing quite a bit i think uh, if i look at kaban park they have put a, a poster there saying you can't take you can't do shoots there so again uh, it it depends on uh, how your camera looks right uh, if your camera looks professional then <laughs> obviously <laughs> you're not allowed to shoot in many places but by and large you get away um, it's, it's much easier here now in terms of again one interesting uh, thought I, i didn't complete what hemant was asking in terms of kolkata right the other really um, great place i enjoy shooting and i've been there at least three four times now this kolkata again why do i like that place it's it's the energy the people and it has some iconic places if you look at it the aura bridge from far you know it's it's a great engineering uh, landmark but once you come and see it in close by you see so much activity around it right that's the old part of kolkata you see the markets you see people there and by the banks near that howrah there are just people doing everything i mean there's a whole community right and you just walk around it to some extent kolkata you are also inspired by all of the great photographers who shot there it's kind of a landmark for street photography and all kinds of photography that you see uh, be it raghuraj or you know and 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 uh, if you see he has a whole book on kolkata street some of those also kind of um, have you know, inspired me and um, you know there's something unique that i found in kolkata is 
every sunday there is an animal market i am sure it might be there in multiple places in india but every sunday there is an animal market for half a day and you go there they sell everything you can you can buy anything from you know i mean your lovers and everything to you you want a cola bag you might probably get it <laughs> i'm just kidding but but everything and you just go there and you see this connection yes a lot of them are buying selling but there's a connection between man and animal there to to that extent that people uh, want to buy fishes they want to buy birds they want to buy pups they want to buy cats there's love and of course the whole hustle bustle looking at everything in one street i think it's called the calif street galif or calif street and yes i stumbled upon that by accident but then every time after that i always go to that street because i always get something new so so there are these spots uh, everything around the howrah the bara bazaar and and you can just walk anywhere there you'll pretty much find different kinds of things that add you know character to the whole place the trams right tramnath old world charm no the trams yeah the trams yes <laughs> i think um so the the other side of the story is again my wife's from i mean she's bengali not necessarily from kolkata but her um, grandparents were there so we went there once and i said the one thing i would really want to do is i want to go on a tram and people were looking at me like what <laughs> <laughs> we are we have our own private car and we'll take you to the golf club i said no i want to go to the <laughs> the bazaar in a tram i think they gave up on me then <laughs> Yeah, I think the only place where you have all kinds of transport, right? Right, the, right. The metro, the train, the tram, the rickshaw—you know, the the hand-pulled rickshaw is still there, and the and the ambassador in Calcutta, right? I mean, I don't know how they still maintain it that gleaming yellow, even though the the cars are no longer in production, I guess. But I don't think they do it for the touristy purpose, right? They they have a little bit of pride in their heritage, and and they maintain that. So one thing, you know. again um, it's a little controversial though but uh, banaras kolkata i find that the charm there it's it's not put on it's not fake right people there live that way it is their life it is their character there are some of the places i other places i've been to for instance if i go to you know uh, udaipur or if i go to jaisalmer i feel some of that is put on for the tourists right the the the, the color and the, the kind of the music somehow that kind of Uh, you know you, you lose interest after a while you you yes you like it the first time but then you don't want to go back again and again whereas these two places i i go back again in a heartbeat in these places which you mentioned uh, banaras and kolkata again they are associated with uh, festivals as well banaras has a huge you know music tradition and they have music festivals which you know happen throughout the year apart from the aarti which happens every evening and morning uh, ganga aarti and kolkata the pujas the puja time it, it it's a it's a uh, riot of colors and it it's so vibrant during that time so have you been during those times and have you house house photography changes during that time and uh, i believe you went to kumbh mela as well right which is again yeah. a guinness book of world record for <laughs> the obvious reasons so how is it yeah. you know in such events when there's a huge you know festival and you know gathering of people celebrating you know, events yeah i haven't been to banaras and kolkata during these times i mean during the festival time pujo in kolkata i really want to go but then uh, never had the opportunity and now i don't know when it will come up again with all this business going on but yes that is on my to do list uh, so is in in banaras i want to go yes music festival but more than that 
being from a photography perspective i want to go during the i think they have the uh, deep diwali which is uh, sometime after diwali only sometime in november i don't know when but basically the whole uh, the banks of the ganga is is lit with lamps and and that is uh, again a spectacle that i want to go and see and and yes uh, the kumbh mela the kumbh mela i did a last minute ditch attempt to see it again it's it's once in a lifetime opportunity but i i managed to catch it during the end of the mela so i i missed a lot of the what do i say the um, the typical kumbh mela what you see right i, I didn't see the the sadhus and then the rush of the sadhus to the water to get the first dip i went more towards the end when when it was more the masses that came you know at at first i was a little disappointed hey i'm not going to get all those iconic shots that typically you see about a kumbh mela but but then you see the other side of you know what this festival is really about it's about people's faith and and how much they are willing to travel you could see people traveling uh you know for miles and miles walking right you could see that uh, i mean when you go to the train stations you would see lines and and whenever the train comes in you could just see people spilling out of it right and and it just shows i mean faith in india obviously is a big thing but just the amount the the volume of people that come to this place and it's it's yes it's religious it's not largely driven by religion but it's also a tradition for them right it's it's something that their parents used to do they are doing it so it was great to see that and of course all of the things that typically are there in in a in a you know a, a typical gathering which is you see color you see a lot of people you see you know kids so a lot of that was great to photograph and um, again i tried to shoot a little different um, so i went out of the railway stations and see how people waited the trains coming in the long lines of uh, people coming in uh, and of course there were parts where you know they were taking tips in the river and all of that but more than the photography i think it was just the experience of being there uh, and i think similar um, if you if you've been uh, one, one other place that i've been to earlier is the the rath yatra the whole place is full of people in a, in a very sh- Uh, small place right and they are all waiting moving in to see the uh, lord and again you know what you find when you when you first see this whole crowd it's it's like overwhelming you're like oh what do i shoot but then you have to distance yourself and that's what it, i typically end up doing in any of these places i wait a while then i find a place that i you know i'll get a good vantage spot and i wait then the then the crowds become you kind of get sensitized to the crowds and so in in puri for instance i think i paid some 50 100 bucks to a truck guy he was a guy who was carrying water so i just got on to the top of the truck that way i was a little distanced i got a great angle and i took a lot of cool shots there so so you you find out such things and where you get a good spot and then you keep shooting in the kumbh mela one of the interesting things um, when i said kids was it's such a huge place right and um, yes of course the the i think the the government has done great in terms of the logistics in terms of making sure crowd handling is there so there was this booth lost and found booth and more it was for more the people so you would constantly hear this on the mic so this person is lost and i'm waiting for you at the lost and found booth come and find me and that's when i also you know you realize there are a lot of people who actually take this opportunity to <laughs> get lost in their family i guess so <laughs> and some people you know leave their aged people so it is a little you know you get a little dose of the truth but it was interesting to actually see it live you see movies about it where the twins get separated at kumbh mela but it actually happens <laughs> pretty interesting yeah <laughs> so moving on 
you have been doing this for quite some time now, photography, and uh, you have also started uh, teaching photography. And you also conduct a Bangalore uh, photo walk as well, right? Where a lot of uh, young uh, novice photographers who come there. Can you talk about what you do, you know, your photo walk and your other classes? And why are you doing this? Yeah, so I think I've always been keen or keen to teach. Uh, I feel teaching also helps me learn and, and it gives back. Uh, because I have, whatever I have known, I've learned from other people who are taking the time out. So I feel just giving back. So when I was, um, I first, I mean, did a formal course in photography, like I said, in the Chicago Photography Center. I did that for about uh, three courses. So it was, I think, three courses of a couple of months each. So it was six months. Then I joined them back as a volunteer teacher, right, uh, where you would go and basically uh, a couple of hours in the evening, you would teach people. And again, even I was more technically oriented, I would teach them on the Photoshop and Lightroom and other tools on how to edit a photograph. So I, I, I did that for a while. Then I think when I came back to India, I was working in a multinational bank here. And again, it was more, it started off with, I was interested in photography, I would go and shoot. Then uh, I would talk about it for with a couple of people, they would join me on a photo walk, we'd go and shoot together. And then we, they all said, came back said, hey, why don't you start something formally? Then you know, we started a, a photo club where we would say, okay, we would have a, a short trips within Bangalore or you know a, a overnight trip somewhere close by. So so it would be more like me giving them tips, not not really a full fledged you know photo class, but it would be like when I go there, I would just say, hey, you guys, uh, you know this remember these things, three things about your camera. When you go to this place, you want to shoot with this aperture, you know, this lens ideally. And uh, rest was again up to them too, basically. And then, then, then it would be, they would shoot and they would ask for some feedback. Hey, how is this shot? How is that shot? And I would just give them whatever I thought went well, didn't go well. But that went on for a few years there. Uh, I think till I left, that club was going on. And then we did a few shows. Then, then you know, once you start getting more and more people interested, they would... And they turned out to be a lot of good photographers even there. And then showed their images. We did a few shows. Then we raised money for auction. And it, it became a really big thing in that uh, bank. So you would have an auction where you bid for the photographs. And of course, it was all for charity. You wouldn't uh, pay the photographer. But the employees would uh, bid. And the company matches that. So HL, uh, again, uh, where I work, HSBC, they were big on you know, giving back to the community. So we raised, I think, to... Uh, Sometime we raised probably about 10, 12 lakhs uh, in, in one auction. And, and that was good a feeling as well, you know, you're giving back to photography. And then, of course, again, I'm not doing this full time because it's more a passion. You know, what I feel is uh, if you start doing something nine to five, then the charm might come out of it. So I, I still teach, but I teach uh, for a smaller set of people and, and on occasion. Um, so like you said, Eman, one of the areas where I feel, you know, it's great to meet people and teach and stay connected is during the photo walks in, in the KR market that we have. And uh, always you see new people and at different levels, right? Some people, I know, they've been shooting with SLRs. They just want more tips on, okay, you know, what angle in that location, what are the best places to go and shoot, where is the light good? They, they know the techniques of their, the, the technicalities of their camera pretty well. But there are some people who want help with that. So you, you help in whatever manner they want. And it just helps you connect back 
and and uh, again it, it's it's a good thing to have more people take better photographs first and and now though anyway everyone takes with the phone but to learn how to do it with an slr and it's it's just um, engaging so you want to talk about a bit about the location of this photo walk where you conduct this yeah i moved to bangalore when in 2007 and at that point um, again i went online i found this great group of community of photographers bangalore photography club it's now no longer exists in that form but then um, i connected with some some of them uh, and many of them are now big photographers in bangalore but we used to go for walks and that's how i got introduced to kr market and then you know that's a place you can keep researching even though now i don't know how uh, it is going to come back after all this covid but you know you go at 4 a.m you see something else you go at 6 a.m you something else you see at 8 a.m you find a different story the light is different the activity is different the people who are coming and going the colors you know you find different flowers coming in early vegetables coming in later so you know it's 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 an area where you can keep learning as you know what you want to shoot and it also gives you you know uh, you you can develop a little bit of your own style i feel right are you a person who talks to people and shoots people you know portraits or are you someone who basically wants to shoot the color the texture the the um, you know you go close up and you shoot the roses or you go close up and you shoot a macro of the flowers or you can zoom back and shoot the activity right the hustle bustle the moving of the van the moving of the two wheeler in the tightly crowded lane right uh, and and the colors right you, you i don't know you, both of you have come there you obviously remember that triangular heaps of kumkum and manjal and all of those colors and how you can shoot that it just you know the possibilities are endless there truly i mean even today I, i've been there probably another 15 times 20 times i would go there i would still find shots that excite me right so that and you know i've, I've been to a lot of markets a lot of markets ac- across india right many of them are more for tourists i i really want to find markets that are actually for the locals and then you you actually go there and be part of the local culture so that is something that kr market still offers you know I, uh, some of uh, when i went to chennai i went back to chennai i went to the old market there that's all moved to a far away place coimbatore and again it's moving again so it, it's dying and so it's rare to find this still close enough that you can go and enjoy ramnath also have you uh, have you done street photography on you know these food street like the one which we have in bangalore in some other city you know, where people come in the evening and they you know have a good time have food in hsbc when we started our club it started off being b2pc okay so bangalore our building was called b2 bangalore second building and then photography club then it evolved into bangalore b2fc we were served foodies all our photo walks ended up <laughs> being with a breakfast so it's it's tough to be around food and shoot <laughs> so that's my uh, weakness so and and again i've shot a few not to uh, say that but um, in banaras for you know making of uh, samosas or the dosas when the steam comes i think we've shot a few shots it's exciting but no i've not done a dedicated food trail photography because again that's a little restrictive i, I want to shoot a lot of different things so ramnath you have been generally doing still photography right mm. um, and recently you have been experimented or uh, 
with some good success with motion photography or video, you filmed a document or Varanasi, which came out really well and well accepted by a lot of viewers. So what is the difference between still photography and say, motion photography? And uh, what are your plans regarding that? It's evolved for me, right? I think like it's evolved in terms of equipment, it's now easier to shoot videos. And that's how a lot of people are doing. And for me, it's evolved saying, uh, SLRs have now video capability, right? I'm I'm familiar with that tool, and now it's extended. So I'm I'm. It's easier for me to do videos and and good quality videos. So that's how it transitioned. And again, off and on, I've been doing videos. There was a requirement in terms of shooting Bangalore construction and construction workers and everything for one of the U.S. documentaries. So I had um, helped shoot that remotely and send it there. So it started me exploring the functionalities of video, but then I started saying, okay, you know, you, you can show stories through photos, uh, it's possible, but then it, it is limiting to the sense of it's that's that moment you're capturing. Uh, it's, it's still powerful. I still feel stories through photos can still be powerful because it, it helps you pause and reflect on each image and how they are connected and what the story was. But of course, things are a lot easier when you do video. You can you can have audio. You can take interviews. You can take, you know, the the you don't need to imagine the sounds uh, and and the kind of movement and the activity in the place. So yes, I've been following into it. Not saying I'm I'm doing a lot of it or great at it, but it it does help bring in another dimension to my uh, travel. I think my still go to is still the uh, the the photos, but then interspice it with. Uh, videos, the the in, more in terms of the documentary, and and I also like shooting audio. So sometimes I just record the audio uh, that's going on, right? So, uh, for instance, uh, like I said in the Kumbh Mela, I just shot the audio of the announcements coming of the speaker, which was interesting. Uh, and uh, in in Banaras, I just there was a bhajan going on. Um, uh, this was I think in Tulsi Ghat, uh, where they do the uh, story of Rama. So there was a whole budget going on for an hour. So I just shot, uh, caught that on audio. It's not necessarily something I, I, I want to shoot as a video because again, it's, it's a small space, same people. But I thought it'll make a good background, you know, audio for my photos of Banaras. So those are the things I feel it augments uh, and takes your photography to the another level. Um, will I be a full-time shift from photo to video? No. I think my core is still going to be photography, but um, it definitely is, is the direction a lot of people are moving. And, and it doesn't need to be a full-blown documentary, right? Even a time-lapse, um, which is just a collection of photos, fast-forwarded and uh, stitched together, will tell a different dimension to your story and, and a lot more. Um, again, it's, it's, it's also suited to how you're going to share your output. And nowadays with Instagram, Facebook, all of these, you know, together can contribute to the whole. Any new documentary, Ramnath, which you propose, which you are working on now? So there is one which is long pending, which is we have shot on the Chennapatna. Again, the Chennapatna, as you know, is, is the toy town in Karnataka where they make these toys which are handcrafted, environment friendly and, and look amazing. Uh, right, the colors, the richness, um, and of course, 
it, it also adds that this is not an industry that is you know surviving it's taken over by the chinese uh, low cost chinese and and of course all of your electric electronic gizmos that people are more interested in nowadays but it still has that charm and we shot again himant and i and you also were there where we shot a lot of um, how it is made the artisans the life um, the trade and some interviews about how the industry works it's it's interesting yes it has to take a little bit more shape and the final you know editing of it needs to happen but it, that was an amazing uh, shoot as well right just um from the camera side yes there was a whole story going on the interviews going on but from the camera side uh, looking at how the person takes this part of a tree part of the wood and turns it into this beautiful craft and how it evolves showing those stages i feel was great from a camera camera perspective and yes it's a place you want to go back to again and hope it thrives in your experience uh, of traveling and shooting did you have any awkward moments with your camera any awkward or scary or funny any such uh, experiences lot of them yeah lot of them so one thing i will say is always carry extra batteries so the one story i have is i had found the perfect place in paris it was i think probably 30 40 stories high i had the full view of the city with the eiffel tower it was dusk the light was great the city was having that golden glow and it there was lightning and i didn't have battery <laughs> and i was desperately <laughs> trying to do something to charge i did not have the right adapter right and i i did post one photo i mean i took one photo then it died but then i was not happy with that photo and i still that that incident stays in my mind here i should have carried more batteries or i should have made sure i charged it properly so so these you know moments you spend so much i mean yes money is there but time the effort in finding the right place and everything falls in place and basic things like your equipment fails you then you feel bad similarly i think um, in banaras i was there one one uh, trip and day two my camera died and yes you have now phones i did shoot end up shooting most of the trip with my phone but then it's not the same because i'm used to my slr and i know how it works and i know how to get great photos with it. with the phone i have to learn a bit and it's not apples to apples right so always having a backup is is one thing these incidents taught me funny incident uh, another thing i remember in terms of people again it, it calls for a little bit of introspection in kolkata i was shooting in kolkata and then you know again i was walking these streets obviously there's poverty in in kolkata in the streets but not that i'm looking for it and shooting but you know i was shooting uh, one person who was a rickshaw driver who was sleeping on his rickshaw probably tired after pulling and everything so i was shooting him it was looking like a good frame hand pull rickshaws were new to me so i was shooting a lot of that during the trip so there was a passer by who walks by and says ah all these and i, I was dressed in my shorts and my banana republic t-shirt and my hat and obviously looking like a tourist so this guy passer by comes by and says oh all these guys come here and shoot all these poor, poor people what's the big thing that right uh, shoot other parts of the city why are you shooting them so you know things like that even though it's not wholly true but he was commenting on but it still you know brings you to a sudden uh, pause and say hey is that what really you are doing are you really glamorizing 
the poverty in India. And of course, you know, I, I had lived in the U.S. for six years and come. So a lot of my photos are also visible to my U.S. friends. And a lot of them said great work and stuff like that. So it was a moment to pause and take stock saying, hey, do I really want to shoot all these things? But then again, um, what I find is that is part of India. I'm not isolating it or shooting only that. It is there. It is part of my frame. It comes in. But I, I don't go looking for it. I go looking for character. I go looking for you know, history. I go looking for color. I go looking for people. So it's fine. So then it took me like a few days and weeks to come out of it. But that was an interesting, I thought, I mean, just a passerby who, who again, I, I feel Kolkata and uh, in general Bengal has a lot of artists, not just any arts, even photography. They know about photography as an art, right? And, and uh, you meet a lot of people. So I have respect for that. And then uh, one thing, uh, again, I didn't mention earlier, whenever I go to a city, uh, I mean, yes, I want to shoot that city, but I also end up hitting up at least a few art galleries in that city. If they have any photography exhibition going on, all the better. I want to go and see it just to see what's happening photography-wise in that city. And it gives me ideas. It gives me, again, a different part and flavor of that city, not just the typical tourist stuff. Yeah, so one uh, last question. Any places in your bucket list for photography? Uh, too many to count here. <laughs> I keep talking about it, then some of it happens, some of it doesn't. So there's some which is long-standing, some which are recent additions. So I think a few we have talked about, right, Eman? The one is, um, I want to explore Northeast a little bit. I've not been there. And, and all the way, take the road to Burma and then go a little bit. You know, it's more of a road trip. I don't want to fly to places, just want to travel by road and see the places. So I think through Northeast to Burma is one thing I want to do. And again, don't know whether it's because of my Chennai roots or something. I, I like fishing towns. So I want to hit up many coastal small fishing hamlets in India and, and just shoot not just the, you know, the sea or whatever, I want to shoot the people. The, because again, fishing in its true form is also dying, right? The big, mm. uh, it, it's getting more bigger and bigger. People go deeper into the sea, you get a huger haul, a bigger haul of fish. So, want to capture some of the old charm that is left. Then, I think, Kutch, from a festival perspective, go to Kutch, even though I have a little bit of a hesitation because it might be again touristy and commercialized, but I still feel that somehow it's some of this is personal, right? You kind of read about the the salt plains and you want to go and see it, and and it's obviously have the people and the color. So probably in India, some of these uh, in terms of international, maybe more than Europe and US. I want to do say maybe. China, Japan, Vietnam, more amenable to street photography or my kind of street photography. What's up, Harvey? Let's see when that happens. I hope that happens uh, very soon and uh, hope I'll be able to travel with you to you know, witness your mastery of street photography as you, you know, <laughs> explore the streets of uh, all these various places. So thank you so much, uh, Ramnath, for the for you know giving us your time and some awesome uh, stories you've told us. Really interesting and you know wonderful to hear all that. Yeah, learning, Great. wonderful experiences. Learned a lot. Thanks, Ramnath.
thank you thank you great sharing some of the thoughts um, and again um, we'll try to see if we can do any other specifics on you know other places and more in terms of also maybe sessions on some techniques that will help in street photography oh that will be great that will be very helpful yeah thank you so much for listening to another episode of the rustic travel podcast hope you liked it please do send us your feedback so that we could improve with each episode to get updated on future episodes of the shows you could visit our website rustictravel.com/podcast and subscribe to any of the podcasting apps as mentioned there you could also follow rustic travel on facebook instagram and twitter to know about the new episodes or shows till then travel safe travel responsibly